What a great, great Savior we serve this morning. Amen. Amen. We have already been blessed just to come in and be able to worship Jesus Christ. Amen. And we don't even have to listen to preaching now. Let's all stand this morning. I'm going to read one verse. I'm back on calling again this morning. Uh, impacting people's lives for God. And that's my prayer today. That, that, that should be your prayer today. That we are impacting. Listen, if you're a child of God this morning, God saved us to impact people. To make a difference in people's lives. To see, and it's not us making, but God working through us. Because listen, when you're going after God's calling, God's calling is about lifting up Jesus Christ and glorifying Him, but it's also advancing God's kingdom. God wants His kingdom to be advanced. And believe me, there's a lot of things out in the world today that try to shut down the kingdom of God. Amen? Shut down what God's doing. and, and there, There's four times more bad news than there is good news. Amen? That's just the world we live in. But God still... That, that still doesn't demean the cross. The cross is still as powerful as it ever was. Listen, He was Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was victorious over sin. He is over death and gave us the victory, amen, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you have that in you. If you are a child of God this morning, you have that in you. And I love this verse in Acts that, that, that Luke is, is writing Acts here and he talks about a verse. <clears throat> All before this verse, he talks about Jesus, how he worked in people's lives and it was for God's glory and how he advanced the kingdom. But then he comes to verse 36 of chapter 13 of Acts and there's a man called David. And here's what it says, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, he fell asleep and was buried with his fathers. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today for this service and your presence that's already here. Through our worship, and, and Lord, I pray that you'll continue to line our hearts up with your heart here today. Lord, for someone coming in that is burdened down or Lord, still busy in their mind. Lord, I pray that you would just quieten our spirits. And Lord, show us what our calling is. Because Lord, without that calling, we're going to feel empty. The devil's going to make us feel useless. The world will make us feel useless. And there will always be a longing in our heart until you fill that void, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you'll fill that empty void in our hearts this morning. Help this church always to impact people's lives. Lord, help me to impact people's lives with Your Word and, and most of all through the power of Your Holy Spirit. Lord, we invite You to come in this service this morning. Lord, when the Word's preached and the invitation's given, Lord, that's an invitation. You're standing with Your arms open wide waiting on people to come with their burdens and their troubles and their hardships and their prayers and Whatever they have, salvation. Lord, you're standing here waiting this morning. And I pray that we would just respond to you in a mighty way. And all God's people said, you may be seated. All of our calling comes out of our relationship with Jesus Christ. When we're focused on, I read a saying this weekend and it's so true. When we're going after our calling, and believe it or not, everyone in here has a calling. 
You're sitting right there today saying, Brother George, there's nothing I can do for God's kingdom. I mean, there's great singers, there's great musicians, there's great this. And and I can't, listen, God didn't die on the cross for us and give us gifts just that we just sit around and have a pity party because we can't do nothing for God. He has given everyone in here a gift and a calling for God and for you to impact people's lives. It doesn't matter if you work in a cubicle in an office and it's just you and you don't see many. You may work in a, in a job where there's thousands of people on the, on the workforce. You may go to school. You may be in the hospital, in the schools as a teacher. But God, listen, God still gifts you to, to impact people's lives with His glory. To, with His glory and to advance His kingdom tonight. And so... Uh, it's very easy for us to sit back. Sometimes I think that's the easy way out. I say, well, Brother George, God don't have nothing for me to do. You know, God don't love me. He didn't gift me like old Tim. You know what? But He gifted you just as good as Tim in your way. And, and to make a bigger and a greater impact. Everybody asks me all the time, says, you preach, do you sing? I said, no, I sing tenor. <laughs> Ten or twelve miles away, that's where you want to hear me, Amen. <laughs> My gift is not to sing. My calling is not to sing. And we struggle and struggle and struggle trying to find our calling. There's some people that go through life that are never satisfied. They're never fulfilled because they're not walking in their, in their God-ordained mission that He had for their life. They're, they're going to church every Sunday. They may even be teaching a class and doing something in the church. But is it really, I mean, is it really your calling what God made you to be? I mean, this is exactly what God made you for. And until we get that, we're going to be unfulfilled. Now, if we're not seeking God in our calling and and seeking God, and it starts in your relationship with Jesus, in your individual walk with Jesus Christ. If you're not seeking an an intimate, a more intimate relationship with Jesus, you won't find your calling. Because if you're not seeking God in that intimate relationship, you'll copy somebody else and try to be somebody else for the rest of your life. You ever seen somebody that tries to be somebody else? There's no fulfillment there. It's a rat race. They're running, running. And that's what a lot of Christians are today. Is they're not going after God and saying, Lord, what is my calling? What do you have designed for me to do? And we try to copycat somebody else and be like them, sing like them, talk like them, preach like them, go to church like them, wear the same clothes. Listen, it's happening all over. We got Tebow shirts everywhere. We got LeBron James shirts everywhere. We got Peyton Manning shirts. If it's on TV, people will wear it. Why? They want to be just like Mike. Amen. Remember him? Some of these younger ones don't remember Michael Jordan. But everybody wanted to be like Mike back when, when Michael was playing. Be like Mike. And so we, we have a craving to be, to be, to be, to be somebody. And God says, I made you to be somebody to walk with a relationship with me, to walk intimate with me. I give you a calling upon your life to make an impact. Hey, if anything else, God's wanting you to make an impact on your kids. What a shame to raise our kids up the whole life in church and they don't know nothing about God. And that can happen very easy even right here. Being in church... Don't give you a relationship with Jesus Christ. So many people cover it up because they come to church on Sunday morning. And it's not the church's job to raise your kid either. Amen? 
We offer ministry here on Wednesday night to teach and to add to it. But listen, we're at home a whole lot more than we are in this building. That's why the Bible said, raise up a child when he is young. And when he grows old, he shall not depart from it. I don't care how hard-headed these knucklehead teenagers get. And your parents back are going, Amen, I got one in the house. Reason I know is because I was one. Reason I know because you was one. You knew a whole lot more than your mom and dad when you was 18. How many have been there? And the ones that ain't raising your hand, you lying. We all have been to that place where, and, and this is where a lot of our kids are, and I tell people all the time, you can't make your kids serve God when they get up on their own. But all that we've done and taught and taught and teached and preached, that they would find their calling in life what God wants them to be. You know, parents can't hold on forever. And at least I'm fixing to find out because Hunter's going to be driving. Oh, Lord, let's pray, 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 pray. His mama's already praying in advance. Is Hunter going, what's Hunter going to grow up to be? I don't know. Hunter's going to grow up to be Hunter. Hunter's not going to grow up to be his daddy. I don't grow, I don't, listen, I don't sit in, I do tell him that God's got something special for him. Because God wouldn't allow you to be born at a pound and six ounces, Hunter, and make an impact. You made an impact when you was born. On people's lives. God's not going to use what He had you at birth and, and brought you up for a pound without using you for something. But that's not to say He's going to be a preacher like His daddy. Far be it, I would try to warn him to go another direction. Amen? I don't want him to... But if God's calling on his life one day is to accept the call to preach, fine and dandy, but I'm not going to encourage him. Lord, help. You don't want to be a preacher. I'm just telling you the truth. If that's God's call, but I'm not going to force him or... You know, a lot of parents ag him on to be something. And I could very well in preaching. He's heard me preach all my life. And I could say, son, God's got a calling on your life. He's, I believe he's calling you to preach. That would be very wrong for me to say that. Amen. Matter of fact, it would be very wrong and almost sinful for me to tell anybody you got a call of God's preaching on your life or this call. That's something that you have to find out between you and your Heavenly Father. Amen. And you will know without a doubt that that's your calling. Whether it's preaching, teaching. And listen, when I talk about calling, it's not just the upfronters, guys. Everybody in here that is saved, child of God, you're a preacher. God has a mission and a goal and something He wants to accomplish through your life. You say, well, Brother George, I, can't, I have a hard time talking in front of people. That's okay. God's going to use you in your own way. Because He is tired of the church being empty. He's tired of the church being unfulfilled. The Christian walking around unfulfilled, not happy. Doing things that they feel like they're forced to do. And Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to be that way, guys. That's not impacting people. I don't preach because I feel like I have to. Nobody told me, I thank God, believe me, (laughs) believe me. Ask anybody growing up or the churches I went to, I was the least of the one they thought would be called to preach one day and would pre- be preaching the gospel. 
the least. <laughs> you know? Because I was the one crawling under the pews as a child. I was the ones not listening. I know that sound. <laughs> I know that sound. That sound of me, wait, man. I heard that all in church. They were straighten up, look at me. Boy, I'm going to get you when we get to church. There's a lot of words in that snap. You know what? A lot of words. And I was the least one of all of them. Guys, y'all listen up. Hey, listen up. No talking today. Listen to Brother George. Amen? We're teenagers. We can listen to Brother George preach. But I'm telling you, everybody has a calling. They said, I can't believe Brother George did that. This is God's time in God's house. Amen? It's His time, His house. The devil is making heyday today with our lives. We can sleep and do other things in other places, but today is the day that the Lord has made, and it's time to give it to Him. And I know some people are sitting there saying, I don't like him preaching like that. He's trying to make... I'm not making no show... Everybody's hearts and souls in this building, the devil wants to devour you. And if you don't, we, we can slide and be casual the rest of our life in church. That's what the devil wants us to do. Amen. Amen. He would love for you to get a conviction. He does not care if you get a conviction this morning to make a change in your heart. As long as you don't step forward and do it, he don't care. Let them sing songs. Let them dress up and look good. Let them raise their hands. Let them come to the altars. Let them cry at the altars. He said, the devil says, that don't mean nothing to me. Not until they get transformed and changed, then that's when I'll get worried about Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. Amen? Other than that, he's not really worried about it. He's really not worried about it. And God has a calling for everyone in here. So don't have a pity party with the devil. And you're already thinking right now. I don't know what Brother George is talking about, but I don't have no calling. There's nothing, there's nothing in the world I can do. The devil's been telling you that for years. So won't you break, have a breakthrough for once in your life? Amen? Break through that. Through the power of God. Break through it. Don't be the same old person you've always done. Don't fight the same old problem you've always fought. Don't have the same old attitude that you've had for 20 years. Have a breakthrough. For once, let Jesus be alive in your life. David said, go back to that verse, Michelle, in 36. It says, for David after he served... His generation. David had a purpose and he had a calling. David served that calling. It says, by the will of God. David served. David made an impact on people whenever he was at. David made an impact. When David walked in, they knew who he was. They knew that he was a man after God's own heart. They knew that as a man that the power of God resided on as a young boy. That he killed a lion and a bear. And don't forget about Goliath. That's the boy that killed the giant. Everybody knew about David. But David wanted to know. David, listen, there's something that God puts in our spirits that we're able to discern this as Christians. 
not only does He tell us, but we, there's something He puts in our a hunger that we want to go after and be what God wants us to be. And we want to do what God wants us to do in our life. There's just something special about that when you can get a group of people, of called out saved people, that says, I want to do what God wants to do with my life. Amen. It's great. And I stand up here Sunday after Sunday and I, Lord, is that for this church? Do we want what God wants? When's the last time you impacted someone's life for God? Think about it. Say, man, it's quiet in here. You bet when the Holy Spirit gets to moving in hearts, it gets quiet. <laughs> we don't need a shouting, whoa, service to have a good... Sometimes we need a quiet, peaceful, Holy Spirit speaking service. When's the last time you impacted... Somebody for God. Do they even know you go to church? How do you know, Brother George? How, how can you preach that? I've had the same thing said about my life years ago. Worked with a guy four and a half to five months. And one day I said something about a church. He said, I didn't know you went to church. You're talking about piercing your heart. When you're around somebody four or five months... And they don't know that you go to church or have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Boy, you're talking about eye-opening. Boy, God showed me real quick, George, you've been in church all your life, alright? You went with mom and dad and you was there every Sunday with the teens and having a good time at functions, but you don't know me at all. You don't know me. And David was a person that wanted to get past that. He said, I want to impact my generation. And see, we, we, this ought to be our passion and our goal as a church. We should want to impact this community Amen. with the glory of God. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all agree with that? Amen. I got a half with me. They're, I guess half's better than none. Amen. There's going to be some that don't care to impact nobody. That's just the way it's going to be. They do not care whether their life's impacting anybody, anything, anything. Hey, as long as I get a paycheck, Brother Jordan, I make this, and I mind, you mind your business, I mind mine, we'll all be happy. The only problem is, is God don't mind His own business because He breathed life into you and He called and died on the cross for you to be more than just you. Amen? Amen. And so there's going to be some people, and I, see, and I see that all the time, Dwayne, in church. There's some that get on fire with the vision that, that I preach through God's Word. And, and there's some that say, I don't like that. All they can do is stand out front and talk negativity for 30 minutes. About what the church is doing and what they're buying, how they're going. I, sometimes I say, get on board or swim. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you're going to be negative about the glory of God and the work of God and all the, all the time it's just negative, negative about God and His work and doing this and reading the Bible and prayer, it's time to take a heart check. Amen. I mean, if, if, we can be negative about a lot of things in life, Miss Wanda. Your job, how much you get paid. You, I don't care. Go ahead and talk about your boss. Just don't bring me in it. Amen? <laughs> talk about your ex-husband. Ex-wife. 
You know, be negative about worldly stuff. But boy, when it comes to spiritual stuff, this is where God resides. You think there's any negativity in heaven? If there was one, when they got to the front gates, Tim, he said, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. <laughs> and oh, what a sad day that's going to be. That a lot of people that went to church every Sunday is going to hear that. Every Sunday. So what does it take to be used by God in your calling? What, what does God use for you to impact people? Number one, listen, God doesn't save you without passion for Him. Amen? How many of y'all believe if you're truly saved, you got some passion for Jesus? I mean, He died on the cross. Remember how you felt when you first got saved? Think back now. Some of y'all, it may be years. That's okay. God hadn't forgot you. He hadn't forgot that place. When you give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, He hadn't forgot. You say, Brother George, I, I, I'm 83 years old. Man, it's been 70, 68, 79. You know, it's years ago. That's okay. Etern salvation is eternal. <laughs> it's forever and ever. God, don't forget it. So think back how excited you were when you got saved. Remember? Oh, yeah. What did you do when you first got saved? Tell somebody. Over here, anybody, what did you do when you first got saved? Cried? Anybody over here? Do I have any saved folks in the house? I'm just asking. Come on, what did Jesus do for you? See, this is why we can't find our calling. We can't even stand up and proclaim Him without we're being saved. Let me tell you what He did for me. Amen. Until we get to that point with our intimate relationship with God, we're not going to find our calling. Because when God saves you, He puts a hunger and a thirst for His righteousness. Now that doesn't mean you're perfect and you're not going to mess up. By, by all means, we all live in sinful flesh. You thought a bad thought on the way to church this morning, more than likely. A couple of them they said. <laughs> Amen, brother, I'm with you. So, but if we can't get excited about Jesus saving us, but see, here's the deal. He saves us, and we are excited. Most of y'all went out and told somebody when you got saved. You went out and told somebody you was excited. I'm going to church. I can't wait to get set up in this. Man, Lord, I'm I just so excited what you're going to do with my life. And then as time goes on, it's like buying a new car. You wash that baby 17 times the first week you bought it. But after six months, and that's the way I, but I'm still that way with Melvin's car, and it's killing me today. It's got dirt on it out there. But man, I, that, it just irks me to get a bug on the windshield on that thing. Especially when it was brand new, brought home. I heard bugs swinging. I went out to the water and stood guard with a flashlight that night to keep them off of it. And then I'd be driving down the road in that new car, and it'd go. I'd go, oh man, a bug. And I'd wait till I got, I wouldn't turn the windshield wiper because if I did, I'd fix a smear bug all over the front of it, amen? <laughs> Just drive with a bug and get to the closest car wash. Mevlin asked me last week, said, what are you doing? I said, I'm cleaning your car. 
She said, you just cleaned it the week before. I said, I love to keep this car new. It's so great. But then, here it is, you walk out today, and prime example of our salvation, it's sitting on the right-hand side over here. It's the Mustang convertible. Look at it. It's got dirt all over it. And here's, here's what I thought, Tim, when I got in the car this morning, opened the door, I said, hmm, it's dirty. Yeah, I'll have to wash that later. When I first got saved, that dirt, I'd have been washing that dirt. I wouldn't have been waiting to pray for God to forgive me. I'd been on my knees right then, clean the dirt up in my life. But see, the devil's very good at getting us to get casual and, oh, forget about it, you're saved by grace. And we are. But instead of pinpointing it right then and saying, Lord, forgive me, let's move on. That's okay, then it gets dirtier and dirtier. And in the meantime, you're losing your freshness and your passion and your desire to serve God. We take things for granted. How many ever took anything for granted in here before? Every one of the wives are going, <laughs> looking right at them. But see, when you, when, listen, when we're seeking our calling, when we get a calling, you're going to be passionate. You're going to be passionate in, just in your relationship with Jesus Christ. When, when we're truly saved and we're walking in a walk with Jesus, you are at some level this morning excited about coming to church. Okay? Now, I don't mean you was going, wow! Get up, kids, let's go to church! It's Sunday morning. Oh, yes, it's good, it's good, it's good. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Now, I'm not saying you piled out of bed doing that. Some of y'all may have. If you did, that's great. Send me a video. <laughs> but you woke up with some type of, of expectancy in your spirit this morning. God was already allowing you to think about it last night. And maybe even by Friday. And some of us that are really on fire by Wednesday night. You was expecting something good. You couldn't wait to get to church. And it wasn't the church. It was just being around your church family. You're saved. Called out people. That's what you was expecting. That expectancy was in your spirit. Now, if you woke up this morning and your wife had to prod you out of bed, poke you with a pitchfork, and pull you out with a ca cattle halter, more than likely, you backslidden. <laughs> Amen? Wife, vice versa, use it however you want. Don't get me in trouble. It's kind of like that guy that was married. There was a real older, rich gentleman. This man was in his 70s and 80s, and he married this 25-year-old beautiful beautiful hot blonde girl and this guy had more money and one day after about three months after his marriage they was out on their boat and they were riding just joy riding on his boat and he looked over at her and said honey if I lost all of my money today would you love me she said oh you don't don't be silly of course I would love you but I'd miss you terribly <laughs> amen <laughs> And sometimes that's the way we view our relationship with Jesus. As long as you can bless me with something and give me something, man, I'll be in the church. I'll be, I'll be on fire for you all the time, Jesus. Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. 
But Lord, don't allow me to go through no trials. Don't put a death in my family, a hardship, or a fire. I'll miss you terribly. See what I'm saying? It's all about our, our calling is connected to our relationship. If we're focused on God, you're going to find your calling. If you're focused on people, you're going to be like them. And you're going to be a copycat like them the rest of our lives. And David impacted that generation. i got to hurry. I need to get preach. We will never have God's purposes or do God's purposes in our lives unless our lives are focused on God. There's a big key of finding your calling and the will of God. If people just get focused on God, they would find it. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. You cannot and will not and cannot and cannot find God's calling and His will if you last time you opened the Bible was on Easter at a church service. Or you prayed to Him last time you got in trouble. I don't know why God's not working in my You're not focused on Him. I mean, sometimes SOS prayers are great, amen? How many of you ever give them to God? I do. I'll be right there with you. Sometimes, sometimes, I'm in a, sometimes I'm going down a road and something will come up and get a phone call and I can't get out of the truck because I'm on a bypass. I mean, I can't pull over to the shoulder and get against the concrete deal and make an altar and pray. Sometimes i got to go to praying right there while I'm driving. Sometimes i got to cry out right then, Lord! Help this person, this situation. You know their need. And sometimes it's, Lord, help me. But we can't be ashamed to call out to God. We deal with that enough in church. We can't get people to worship today, let alone call out to Him. Because if we worship in church, we'll be called something, a fanatic. (laughs) Or bad (laughs) becostal. Believe me, I've heard all of it. That guy down there, he don't preach truth. He, and the only reason they're basing it off of is because of my loudness. <laughs> or, you know, I didn't walk to here. I didn't broke up a Baptist church. Amen? <laughs> that right there just broke up the second laughing. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But they come in, and sometimes people come in here and they view me that way. And then they go outside a lot of times and say, man, that George Vincent down there, he's all bad because he don't preach all the Bible and all that stuff gets spread and I always tell them, just come on down and visit and you take a peek for yourself. Amen? Because God is good. And He's changing lives in His church. People are finding their calling. He's taking, listen, more than anything, here's what God is doing in this church right now. He's taking all of that I mean, you're passionate. You got to be passionate for God. How many of y'all like a good campfire? Whew. I love sitting around deer camp. I went up with Levi here a while back. It's been a long time ago. Hunter killed his first deer up at Levi's camp at Hickory Nut. And the first thing they had when it got dark, them Kellys don't sit in the dark. Amen. They built a big old fire. And I remember sitting in that chair, Levi, and I'd sit in that chair. And when I first got there, they had these giant rocks, and there's a big old circle. They had wood and pine pole, and that baby was blazing. Head high. I remember sitting down right there in front of that campfire. I would sit down there, boy, and I started out right here. Boy, it didn't take for long. I was getting over here. And I was getting over here. When I stayed up to it, it was hot. Amen. I mean, it burned your pants leg. It was so hot, I'd walk off way out of past 
Maybe go to the bathroom of the camper and it was cold way over. My pants legs were still on fire. Amen. Sometimes God wants to do our spirits like that. That's why we have church service. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have books you buy at the store. That's why you have God's Word. Is when you get away from this building, you get out in the world, your pants legs will still be hot. With the Word of God. His Spirit will still keep passion going in you. Even when you go to college, Zach, you can have passion for Jesus. But if, let me tell you, you've got to get close to the fire to get hot. But there's a lot of church people today, there's the fire. And they're standing there, almost in the dark, 20 feet away from the fire, and they're freezing to death and they're in church. <laughs> they're freezing to death. And all God's saying is, come closer to the fire. Come closer to me. Come closer to my word. Try reading it at home. I'll be in your home. God says, try praying to me at home. Well, Brother George, I can't say big, lofty prayers. And, and I, I barely made it. I told my class this morning. I barely made it through school, Brother George. I can't. I got a reading disability. Can't read good. Can't. Hey, you're looking at a boy right here that had nothing to do with oral exams. I mean, book reports. Mm-mm. I take an F and sit down in front of that class. How many of y'all have been there? Chad, you with me? I know you are, brother. And, and, and get this. When Chad came here, you wasn't getting no talking out of that man. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Here's what usually happens. Or happened. He's getting better now. When he first came here. How oh, I'm Brother George. How y'all doing? What's your name? Boy, Kayla, she'll take you up for him. Amen? Amen. Oh, his name's Chad and I'm Kayla Ross. How you doing? Glad to have you, boy. We're just going... <laughs> and I think the power of God fell on Chad Ross and said, Speak! <laughs> Amen? Because he speaks now. He does things. He worked in the church. But here's... I'm going to close on this. I was going to preach a lot of different stuff, but that's all right. Here's the one deal on Chad that made a breakthrough in his life. I've seen it as a pastor. I see a lot of this sometimes as a pastor, and I don't tell you about it. But I see God working in your... He works in everybody's lives in here differently. Chad doesn't talk and say a whole lot. So he's not real expressive when God does work, where some of y'all that are type A people jump off top of this building with a rubber band... Want to tell the world, I'm jumping. <laughs> Where Chad's not going to tell nobody he's jumping. Amen. Some of you wives have a lot of husbands that are not telling God they're jumping. And Chad's one of them. But a breakthrough that God made in Chad's life was, it was three or four years ago, he came to my office one night on a Wednesday night and he said, Brother George, I need to talk to you. And I thought, I could just tell the... It wasn't where he'd look, but he, he, was just, he was just tense. Anxiety. He was just... I don't know. He was just nervous. And I said, come in. The first thing I asked him, I said... He said, Brother George, I want to rededicate my life. And the first thing I always ask when people want to do that... And I asked you, didn't I, Amber? Are you sure you're saved? 
Because you can't rededicate nothing that's not there. <laughs> and so Chad said, yes, Brother George, I know without a doubt I'm saved, but there's just, I just want to do, there's something God wants me to do. See, God was, he, Chad done got to the point, phase one, where he got a closer relationship with God. When he got close with God, God started convicting and opening and showing him things that he wanted him to do to give Jesus glory and advance his kingdom. That's what a calling is. So he comes to me and he says, Brother George, I, I want to be baptized and rededicate my life back to God. I'm saved without a doubt. I know I'm saved. But there's just something that's... And, and I can tell the way... He, he was talking to me real good. And, and he was telling me that it was just a roadblock. There was a roadblock there that wasn't letting him press forward with God. And I talked for a long time. I said, listen, Chad, the main thing I want to make sure is you're saved because I do not want you to walk out of here false salvation. Because the devil wants all of us to think we're something that we're really not. Amen? And so he's still without a doubt. So we pray and say, listen, I have no problem baptizing you, but I want to let you know when I baptize you, you're rededicating your heart back to Jesus to get closer to Him and a walk with Him. And there's something He wants you to do and this was the breaking point that was keeping him from finding that calling. And he knew that. And for Chad, it was baptism. So I baptized him. I'm not kidding. And it's amazing how people, it's amazing how God's Spirit rekindles them old coals that are about burned down. The salvation is still there. The seed of God is still in you. It's just warm. You know, just, I mean, you ever been in a fire where you're about to freeze to death and you blow on it? And all of a sudden it just glows red? This is what God did in Chad's heart. He went, and they just, just got glow. And I think he did that probably before Chad ever come talk to me. God blowed on his heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it went, and, and see, I, God does that to a lot of us in here on Sunday morning. I see it every Sunday. Y'all don't, I don't tell you, but y'all sitting back here doing every time. There's some of y'all been holding on for so long, you're going, and you'll leave on Sunday. But you're right back here Wednesday night, and you're back here. God's blowing again, and it just glows and goes off, glows and goes off. You'll come back on Wednesday night. Man, you're working in church. and Brother George, I need to talk to you about something. There's just something really in my life that's blocked. And it's going... God's blowing by His Spirit. Every time, he, every time you get close to Him, He's... And when I baptized Him and laid Him down in that water and brought Him up, I told Him, I said, Chad, listen, you're already saved. You're rededicating. God wasn't... It wasn't no more of this and going back out up and back out it was man he was on fire because he got out how do you, how do you know he's on fire <laughs> Chad became a greeter up there at the front door <laughs> amen I mean he was shaking people's hands I'm thinking God it's only you to take a man like this that won't say a word now I can see Caleb being a greeter but Chad and used him, and Chad went from there, and then he started helping in children's things and this and that. And, all, and it just come out of his shell and, and, and just was happy. Why? Because he got around that roadblock that's been keeping him back from God for years. 
God kept blowing His Spirit on him. And, and He's probably doing it to you. Blowing His Spirit on your heart and you get red and get on fire. You're in His Word at home and He blows. He gets hot red and comes back. See, there's something that God wants you to... There, there's always something the devil keeps in front of us as a stumbling block. And I say this all the time. The devil cannot read your future. Only God can. Remember that. Only God knows your future. But He knows when you're about to have a breakthrough and He's going to send His demons into your life to mess you up. To do anything He can. He gets, that, that, that person right there is getting glow, the glowing. He's getting hotter. <laughs> And God's up here going, burn, baby, burn. <laughs> He's getting hotter. He's getting hotter. And until He finally takes that step and says, I've, I can't deal with it no more. And that's what a calling does. That's where God gets all of us in our callings. It may not be to preach, but God will get you to, you can't go no more until you finally say, God, it's not about me no more. I can't deal with this no more. I can't deal with life. I can't raise this family on my own. I can't keep this marriage together as a husband or a wife. I can't keep this church together as one man. But I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And some of y'all might be in that place right now this morning. God just needs to breathe a little on you. He needs to heat you up a little. You got red and you glowed. You made a commitment. You didn't make a commitment. I was going to join the church. I was going to get saved. I was going to get baptized. I was going to, I was going to start working in church and doing this and this. And, and, and it's a calling. But there's always something that gets in the way. There's always, there's always going to be stumbling blocks in your walk with God. How many of y'all agree with that? If you're truly going after God... You're never going to escape the sinful world we live in. That's why Jesus said, you've got to be in the world, just don't be part of it. Is God breathing? Or these last few weeks? Or months? Has God been... Has He been breathing on your spirit? Warming you up? Saying, hey, I've got something for you. It may be some in here that may need to be saved. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if it was a church member. Amen, Miss Mary? Got saved four years ago, been in church all of her life. Wasn't it four? Sorry, saved. Boy, that was a long time ago. 17, it was about 2000. Was, Casey was doing this after Casey was here. We had a revival. Been in church all of her life, guys. It doesn't surprise me at all when church folks come down and say, I need to be saved. It's, 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 it's because we got so ingrained with tradition and rituals and church. But when God blows on you, He reveals. He reveals. You may be here and want to rededicate your life. And you say, why are you going through all this? Because there's people in here that God's blowing on. Listen, in Psalms 90.12, do you have that, Michelle, Psalms 90.12? I think, I, isn't that what I give you? Here's where we're at as individuals in the church body at Pleasant Hill. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
as an individual, we don't have time to play around no more with worldly stuff. We need to get our hearts right with God today. Our kids are growing up. Things are happening. There's more things happening to our kids than there was to us. There's more devils out there than ever. There's more demons tearing up marriages, busting up churches. We don't have, we need to start counting. Lord, teach us to speed up here. Let's go. It's time to make a move. As a church body. And that's why I say for you, God's been blowing and blowing on you out here. It's time to make a move. You say, you're being pretty bold and straightforward. We need to quit beating around the bush about, let's go. Let's go. We don't have time because, listen, one day the trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those that are alive and remain will come up thereafter. Amen. He is coming back. And I don't want to be in front of him one day saying, George, why didn't you number your days when you were down there? Your life is like a vapor. It's here for a little while. It's gone. Think back. It only seems like a few years ago we was in high school. Amen? High school. I got a 17-year-old boy that's a junior. But I still look good. Amen? I'm not saying I'm old. Devil, you ain't getting me to say that. But see, as a church body, and I'm talking about as a church body, as our minister here at Pleasant Hill, we got to go, guys. We don't have time to diddle that or wait around. We need to do ministry for Jesus. There's souls out here. You got friends. I've got friends. We got community that they're dying and going to hell. They don't know Jesus. They're struggling in their marriages. But the problem is, is we can't get it right until we learn how we can't struggle in the church. Amen. If we're struggling with our calling, that's why we got to number our days a day. Let's get it done. Let's go forward with Jesus. As an individual, as a church body, let's impact this community. Well, Brother George, we're not the richest church. God's not worried about that. He's looking for your heart. He'll give the rest of this church if the heart is there. He's not looking for ability. Amen? He's looking for availability. Just make yourself available and see what God will do this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, I pray that you speak to our hearts this morning. Teach us to number our days in our church body as we do ministry as a church body, Lord. It's, it's time to get up and impact this generation. It's time to be a lighthouse in this community at Pleasant Hill. It's time for people to see us doing ministry, see us impacting lives. Lord, I pray you'll blow on hearts this morning. Lord, if they're saved this morning, the embers are there, I pray when your spirit blows in like a wind that it, 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 it just heats them up. Lord, it sets them on fire and shows them that they need to step out on faith and come to you this morning. Lord, there's whatever the needs are in this service, whether there's burdens, whether they need to rededicate, they want to join, they want to give their heart to Jesus for the first time. Whatever it is, Lord, we invite you, Holy Spirit, come in and blow upon our hearts. Come in and speak. 
Sometimes as a church body, we need to cry out to you, God. We don't have the answers. But we know that you do. And Lord, I surrender my heart and get under your authority today, Lord. Show me my call. But first of all, Lord, show me how to get back close in that relationship so I don't copycat everybody else and I can be me for God. Lord, you know every heart sitting here this morning. Lord, I love each person sitting in these pews. Lord, if I didn't love people and love preaching your gospel, I wouldn't be here. But you call me, Lord, and and I love these folks. And the reason I preach so passionately and and the way I am, I want to see you work a mighty work in their heart and their lives and change them. Because that's why we're having church. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have women's groups, men's groups. That's why we have church picnics and fellowships and church camps. and all. It's not just to be busy to be busy. It's to see lives changed. And Lord, you've got to get our church at Pleasant Hill. You've got to get our hearts to point where we've got to cry out to you and want more. You've got to make us hunger for more of you. Not just a typical old church service. And I don't even want to be like every other church or anybody else out there, Lord. You made us to be us. Show up and do a mighty thing in our hearts and our lives. Because hunger will do that. Thirsting for your righteousness will do that. Let us experience you on a new realm in our church body today, Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Come right where you're at. If you're a visitor, that's okay. Come forward. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a member to come to God's altar. Come. You may be a family, a husband, a wife. Right where you're at. Let God hold your heart this morning. Bringing sin.